G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. I just had this prompting because obviously at times I get this, I've, I've got to put things down in words. So I'm, I'm writing these lyrics and it's like, how can I explain to people in a song or a poem what it is to know the Lord? And so I just felt the Lord just enabling me to write this song because I just wanted to glorify Him. And, and that's what I felt the, the Lord lead me to. The Story. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Gary Finney is a delivery man in Victoria who had been a Christian for several years when God led him to write his first song, which he named His Love is Called Agape. This song would go on to have a huge impact on the life of his neighbour and he even entered it into a song contest in Tasmania. We'll hear all about it today as Gary has a chat with Eric Scadabo in our Melbourne studios. Some exciting things are happening in the life of our guest today, Gary Finney. He has just gotten off the ferry boat from Tasmania and has come directly to our Melbourne studio to tell us all about it. Gary, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. Glad to have you with us. How was the ride? Was it a little rocky? Do you sleep? It's a little rocky on the way over, um, and it was just a little bit less rocky on the way back. So yes, um, we didn't get smooth sailing, but it was was well worth it. And being a surfer, I'm used to handling the waves. So what brought you to Tasmania? Well, I actually wrote a song, mm-hmm. and through the process of um, recording the song with some fellow Christians, I entered it because I saw an email that was sent to me for Christians that had written their own songs, their mm-hmm. own words, uh, must have scripture and gospel in it. Um, I decided to enter it, not thinking much would happen after that, but it was selected in that short list, so therefore I went over and then performed it with those group of artists that were chosen in the contest. Wow, so that's pretty exciting. I mean, are you a professional musician? Is this something like you do every day? No, it's not. It's, it's the first song I've ever written. Wow. Well, we're going to find out more about that, but let's find out more about you before we find out the story of the song. Tell us about your background, Gary. Well, I grew up in a South Caulfield, mm-hmm. which is in Victoria, in a middle-class family. Uh, father had uh, four boys, and um, I was a twin, I still am a twin, um, had two older brothers and uh, we, we grew up there and um, yeah, it was a great life. School was good, but I love sport and all those things that perhaps didn't involve the, you know, the, the writing and the homework. So are you saying school wasn't really your thing? Is that? I, I enjoyed it, but yeah, I just, I just loved uh, being with people, mm-hmm. having that, you know, fellowship with other people and also just the sports because um, yeah, and, and being competitive, having a twin which is a direct copy of you. You're always competitive. So if you get, is that the, right? If you, oh mate, if you get in the footy team, he's got to get in. If you get in the cricket <laughs> team, he has to get in. So we were in every yeah. thing that you could get in because I guess it was just that one upmanship to try and sort of say, well, look, I got into the team. Did you? So oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. And was faith a part of your life growing up? Not in as much as um, true um, faith that that you know becoming born again, say pro Christian. But uh, we were blessed that we did go to church. Mm-hmm. And I've often told people I thought I was a Christian right up until the age of when I became one because I thought I thought yeah. I was a Christian because I yeah. wasn't Catholic yeah. and I wasn't a Jew and I wasn't any other mm. thing. So I literally thought I was. And by, I guess, going to church and having that Sunday school experience and going there and doing all those things and being 
grounded in that faith, that was great because that was a start mm-hmm. of a seed a that was obviously planted. So, yeah. So what happened? What happened? Well, I just went on living life as most people do until uh, I found out that perhaps one day I wasn't. And uh, when someone asked me if I had, be- you know, wanted to become one, I said, yes, please. Because I didn't realise you really had to ask and receive this gift from God. Um, just thought it was part of what happened normally in life. And so that was that simple? It wasn't uh, a crisis experience? No, it or... wasn't. It's interesting. Everyone sort of says the same thing, you know, yeah. like, how come, Gary? You know, like, you know, you're living down the beach surfing, you know, most days of the year on the peninsula at that time in yeah. Rye. I've got a great life, a five-bedroom house, wife and kids and all that sort of thing. And it wasn't until I perhaps went to um, some other places where I met Christians that I realized there was something I was missing mm-hmm. and God was prep putting me in front of these Christians and then finding out that I wanted what they had and God was saying, well, I've chosen you mm-hmm. and it's time to discover the truth. Because at 30, 30, I was trying to search the truth and it was the poem, the writing of poems and expression of words, you know, to say what's going on. I feel like I'm being lied to and nothing makes sense. Mm. Um, so who do, who do you of, think was lying to you? Well, most of the world. Mm. Because most of what we are fed, we learn at school, a lot of it is, you know, our lies. Because until you become a follower of Jesus, you're born again, you can, you know, read. But you don't really have your eyes open. They're they're spiritually, they're completely closed. Yeah. yeah. And it's not until you read the Bible, and I was one of those persons that read it from cover to cover, from start to finish. I'm going to read every word so that I've read it, and I can say I've read it, and now I can talk about it. Mm. Um, and, of course, I was reading different books at the time, but I wanted to go from start to finish just to make sure. But the more I read, I thought everything about the world is in here, mm. but the world has spins and lies about the truth that's in this book. Mm. And how old were you when you put your faith in the Lord? 47 years old. Oh, okay. So married and with children. And what were well, you doing? Well, no, not. I, I wasn't married. Um, okay. I was with... Um, my wife died, um, and this was the second marriage after having two other children with another. And I met her down at Ryan the Peninsula, and um, that was a, an amazing experience how God has placed that woman in my life and three more girls with her. So mm-hmm. I have five children, a boy mm-hmm. and a girl in the first marriage, and three girls with Di. And, um, yeah, it's amazing how in that process of living down there and then going to uh, a business-to-business network f- run by Christians – to try and change business people because at that stage I was sort of in a life coaching role, Mm -hmm. which was pretty amazing seeing I used to be a plumber. But I felt I used to life coach when I was plumbing on jobs all the time. And uh, as I was going through this role, I'd made a book and the the people loved my book and it was very, let's say, worldly and secular because that's all I'd learnt. But they still liked it. that's where you were at at the time. That's where I was at. But it was more done on success principles and things. Yeah, yeah. But the guy that ran it, who was a Christian, really liked the book and wanted me to talk about this book and, and, you know, send me around Australia talking about this book and it was called Passionately Driven mm-hmm. and most people know me know I'm passionate about whatever I'm in and he just loved it he <laughs> said I love your enthusiasm your passion can you um, do this book for me and I'll fly you and you can go around Australia oh, and wow. you can sell your book yeah. and, and get promotions while you're doing it I said yes it's good but through this experience I met a whole lot of Christians seeing that it's a sharing giving loving caring nurture business instead of a headbutt each other and get in the way yeah. dog eat dog world I said this yeah. makes sense this yeah. is good through that we started going to church. My wife asked me one morning, do you want to go to church? Thinking I'd say no. I said, let's go. We took the girls and we've been going ever since. Wow. Three months later, both of us giving our hearts to the Lord. Fantastic. Yeah. And baptized and Yeah. And, 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 and I, I actually had a, a mate of mine in, in another business and he, I helped lead him to the Lord and he got baptized with us. Wow. So the Lord just came into your life and just radically altered it. But it sounds like 
you were home. This is where you wanted to be. You yeah. finally found the truth. I'd, I'd found the truth. It all made sense. Then I realized I had a purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't just, well, you hear what happens, um, which I always thought there's got to be more to life than just this. And so, therefore, it's like, great, now now the 47 years that you've you've had your hand on my life, when you mm-hmm. look back, you go, gee, look at what God's done right through my life and he's directed me here. You want me to build your kingdom. I could see God using me at school. Yeah. To become a leader and, 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 and um, bring people to the Lord. And one thing that was fascinating about giving my heart to the Lord was by this chap whose name is also Gary. When he asked me, have you given your heart to the Lord? I sort of thought, I think I know what you're saying, but I'm not really sure. What does that mean? And he told me, he said, have you asked Jesus into your life and asked him to be Lord of your life and you know repented of your sins? And I said, no, I haven't, so let's do it. But when he actually got me to do it, he picked up the phone and he got Faye, this woman, to lead me through the sinner's prayer. Mm-hmm. And as I was going through the sinner's prayer, you know, admitting that I was a sinner and I needed saving, I needed the Lord and I wanted to make him Lord of my life, as she was saying this to me, obviously the Spirit said to her to tell me, and I've become a fisher of men. When I said that, that was the three most important things I said, I've mm. become a fisher of men. It's like, that's what I am. I don't know what it meant, but I yeah. said, that's what I am. Now, guess what? Four weeks later in church, guess what my first reading in the Bible was? Jesus said, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Wow. And I'm looking at this book this thick going, you're kidding. And then a week later, four people in a business meeting tell me, Gary, you're an evangelist, you're going to change hearts for God. And I'm thinking, no, an evangelist is a one wacko on TV, you know, <laughs> which is what the world's telling me. I yeah. went home, looked in the dictionary and said, evangelist is someone who loves to, you know, tell people about the truth and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I said, that'd be me. And currently, what is your occupation? Well, I actually drive a van delivering to hotels, restaurants, cafes, milk bars, you name it, in the hospitality industry mm-hmm. down in Gippsland, which is wonderful. And my mate jokingly says it's a deliverance ministry. Um, <laughs> Instead of a delivery man, you're yeah. a, involved in a deliverance ministry. Yes. <laughs> and, um, but it's great because you get to bless people by dropping off packages to them that they yeah. want and you bless them. And, you know, someone will say, oh, here comes the, the one that's not angry. Here comes the smiling <laughs> delivery man, which you hear a lot of, yeah, you know. And yeah. if they say, how come you're so happy? I say, I've got Jesus. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Gary Fiddy in our Melbourne studios. Gary is a delivery man in Gippsland, Victoria, who was prompted by the Lord one day to write his first song, which he titled, His Love is Called Agape. We'll find out about the impact of that song and more about Gary's trip to Tasmania when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Eric Scadabo chatting with Christian delivery man Gary Finney in our Melbourne studios. As we heard before the break, Gary was prompted by the Lord one day to write his first song, which he even entered into a song contest in Tasmania. Now, let's hear the rest of Gary's story. I just had this prompting because obviously at times I get this, I've, I've got to put things down in words. Mm-hmm. Because you said you write poetry. I did write poetry, mm, and yeah. so I jokingly say it was the only thing I got A-plus at school, at state school for. Is that right? Absolutely. I was like a C-plus B student and good at sport, So, but you don't get marks for sport. You're either in the term or you're not. Yeah. But 
at poetry, I got an A plus, and I thought, wow, that's that's the only time that's ever happened. Anyway, so I'm I'm writing these lyrics, and it's like, how can I explain to people in a song or a poem what it is to know the Lord? Yeah. And so I just felt the Lord just enabling me to write this song because I just wanted to glorify Him and, and but get this message across and to youth. But as I was writing the song, I just felt the Lord say too, and and the day we recorded it, yeah, He said, like, do it for the youth. So I said, as I was actually writing the song and the words came to me, I'm going to speak it and then we'll sing the chorus. So I'm going to proclaim it. So yeah. it's, it's not like rap, but it's, it's, I'm speaking the lyrics and then sing the song, speaking the lyrics. And then with the chorus Freddie, singing yeah. later, who's got a background in lots of sort of rock, he really put in a rock anthem tune behind it to give it that power that yeah. would go, if a young kid's listening, oh, this is good. I like this. Yeah. I'll listen to what the words are. And what? that's what I felt the, the Lord lead me to. Well, what are the beginning words? How does it start? Well, it starts even even before creation. God had a plan for you and me. Even before creation, there's been a plan for you and me to rid us of sin's curse, to allow us to be free. God sent his son to die for us so the battle could be won. He showed how much he loved us when he stared death in the face. His eyes were flint, his only thought to save the human race. Overcoming sin, death's curse, the greatest victory ever known. When you put your faith in Jesus, you'll become his very own. You know, he, he, he's looking forward, his eyes were flint to save the human race. You know, like straight away he's looking at the cross, he's going to save us. So the battle could be won for us. And so that's that starting sort of stanza of the song. So that's some of this song that Gary wrote. His love is called Agape. And so how did you come about recording that? There's a, a bit of a story behind that as well. Yeah, it is because um, God had obviously put me in touch with Brett, another Christian. A story there for you, Eric, you know, a guy who's a concreter and, you know, was a druggie and then only six years ago gave his heart to the Lord and um, is now, as we speak, becoming a pastor or has been asked to become a pastor. Oh, fantastic. Like, you know? yeah. And as he says, he doesn't play rock music anymore. He plays music to glorify God. So through that process of me talking to him, he said he's got a recording studio. I was like, wow, come over and let's do it. Too easy. We started to record it. I said, look, the Lord's leading me to speak this. I've never done this before. I do lead worship once every, say, three weeks at Lakes mm. Entrance Baptist, but um, I've never spoken a song, but this is what I'm being told. He started strumming guitar. I started speaking, and he said, that sounds good to me. Uh, and then I sung the chorus to him, so because I don't know the notes, what I'm telling you, AEB, but I'm saying I can sing them, and this is what yeah, it yeah, is. The melody. And he's just like, oh, man, I love that chorus. That's yeah. cool. And um, so it was really good. And um, I love the fact, too, that as we're doing it, it was like I had in the, originally in the first writing when you get your head around it and he said when you get your heart around it and i said yes 
He says, do you mind if I change it? I said, no, it's right. Like, that's the spirit thing because yeah. you do. It's not your head. Your heart goes yeah. around. Yeah. So I changed that with no ego. Yeah. Like, oh, no, this is my song. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Let's change it from this moment forward. It's when you get your heart around it because that's yeah. that difference yeah. that the heart changes. So, yeah, you'll definitely agree. So that's the creative process. You're kind of bouncing ideas yeah, yeah. off of and each so other. And so he's then like, look, well, I'll just leave it with me and I'll play, you know, the music to it. Yeah. And when I get it down, I'll give you a CD to take home, listen to, and then you're going to learn how to speak and sing because you're the vocals. Hmm. Um, and that's what happened. Yeah. And then another guy gets well, involved. Then another guy gets involved. You know, Warwick, it's amazing. You're like, it's just yeah, crazy. Yeah, story. Well, this is powerful. I mean, this is another story. Uh, a guy that's a music teacher at our school at Tambo Upper, where we live, mm-hmm. and he's teaching, and I'm witnessing to him. I'm talking to him. He's, you know, coming across... We're sharing a meal. Cause so he's, he's open to spiritual things. He's open. He's very open because mm-hmm. I kept saying to him, like, you're, you're saying stuff that Jesus said. And he's like, what? And I'm saying, because he's, he's tried everything. This guy's nearly 70 and he turned 70 this year mm-hmm. at the stage. And he's like, I'm like, this is what Jesus said. You know, like, maybe you're just on the wrong track. You know, you need to move over this side because, you know, spiritually, I can see you're really out there looking, but... You know, yeah. and I'm telling him about my faith, and a lot of it's making sense. And he's quoting stuff from the Bible all the time. Hmm. Later on, I realised he was brought up um, in a Catholic sort hmm. of so background. So some spiritual with it by nuns. Background. It wasn't wasn't all nice. It was quite you know. But he knows that because of what those seeds that he learned from Jesus hmm. is is enough to keep him that he had Jesus in his head. Yeah, and then it turned to his heart, and he said, "Gary, you got Jesus from my head to my heart." I said, "Well, the Holy Spirit did that, but through you, he's saying yeah, yeah. that my witnessing." And then, then I yeah, guess, how does this song come into well, it? Well, he he listens to this song and goes, "Wow, I love this! Like, this is brilliant." And he's a semi-professional. I'm not. I'm brand yeah. new. He's going, "Can I do backing vocals on your song?" I'm like, oh, "Yes, wow. please," because you've got a beautiful voice, and he's a really high end. In the in the singer. song back backing you know yeah. I back at a lower range I sing at a, a higher range the main and he's doing the backing his love is called agape high his love is called agape his love because he's a Maori got a beautiful voice yeah yeah, yeah. and um, so yeah. he's kind of searching and you have him sing the background vocals or he has to yeah and so when he comes to do this recording uh, Eric he's just there and he's he's singing the words doing his bit and as he comes out of the you know the booth he sort of says Gary I've I'm, I've sung thousands of songs but when I sang those lyrics of yours, I felt like I was spiritually naked in front of God. And I said, mm-hmm. it's interesting you say that because you were, because you're declaring the truth and your spirit, your whole being is saying, do I believe what I'm singing? Mm-hmm. And anyway, the, long story short, he, he didn't shut up on the way home. He's like the little dog to the big dog and Bugs Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't shut up. And it was amazing. And a couple of months later, he decided that he would give his heart to the Lord because I told him to build a relationship with Jesus. I said, you've witnessed the Holy Spirit in this recording. Go and build a relationship with Jesus. Wow. And and he was baptized a couple of months ago in the water at Lake's entrance. Fantastic. So all because you were obedient and made this song... And it all came together, and then to glorify God, you found out about some kind of a was it like a song contest or something? What was this in Tasmania that you entered it into? Yeah, I got an email, um, and it was a I think it was called Word Songwriting or something Australian mm-hmm. competition or something, and um, I thought, well, I might put it in because it said it must be your own song, yeah, uh, and it must be um, you know your own lyrics and that, and then yeah, an you original know, composition. you can put it in and. Um, if it's selected, it could be, you know, I thought, well, I'll put it in, but it, you know, it won't get um, selected. And um, a couple of months later, I got an email saying, congratulations, uh, Gary, we love your song and we'd like you to come and perform. Now, we realise you'd have to pay your own costs to get here from Victoria, but yes, if you can, 
please contact us and let us know. And my wife's always wanted to go to Tasmania. So there you go. And I said, well, God wants us to go to Tasmania. So we went <laughs> and we perf- performed. I went and performed the song, obviously with the backing track, uh-huh. which yeah. you're allowed to do. And a lot of people did because yeah. um, I don't play instruments. I thanked Brett for that on the, yeah. the evening yeah. that I sang and whatever and, and Warwick for, for backing in the vocals. And um, we did it. And it was great to see all these mostly young, but there was a couple of older Um Christians, um, and the whole idea is people get, who are on a journey like you, yes, and people that necessarily aren't at all professional, so yeah, that yeah. this might be their first or second or third time of writing songs, or the third song, some had been third contest, but me first. Whereas it's giving them the courage, the strength to do it because God might be saying, Well, I'm actually enabling you to be doing more of this. And when they get that confidence, they might go on. And some people have made albums yeah, from that very yeah. experience. So when you wrote those first lyrics, did you ever imagine that you'd be performing it in front of people? Oh, no. No, not on performing. Stage no. in Tasmania? No, no, I know. How was it? No, no, it was great. It was, it was really good. It was quite nervous. And for people yeah. to say, you know, Dad, are you nervous? Are you kidding? You never get nervous. Well, I tell you what, if you have to <laughs> sing your own song yeah. in front of all these people, and I got what they call this, this dry mouth syndrome halfway through the song. And it was interesting because I heard a few other people say it on the night. Oh, what's this with this dry mouth? Because like leading worship, it just seems effortless sometimes because you're glorifying God. You're yeah. singing totally upwards. You're not singing to a, an audience at all. Mm-hmm. And even though I wanted to sing upwards on the night, you it's more in it, in the center of your mind that there's all these people that are really watching you and listening to you and perhaps checking out this song of yours. Um, and you don't know how professional I because a few of them came on before me. I was Act 3. I was like, gee, some of these guys are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure's on. Yeah. <laughs> So you had a lot of fun? Oh, yeah, did. Yeah, we did. And, you know, like, we enjoyed just being there. So mm-hmm. apart from singing, both me and Di, we, we loved being there. And at one moment, I was very moved mm-hmm. um, by the Spirit, by some, some words that these young group, who actually, they won uh, a free gifting to do an album. And I thought, well, no oh, wonder. Wow. They were great. They yeah. looked like they were in their 20s. And just for a girl singing, three guys playing instruments, and I was like, wow, you know. And yeah. so it was just worth it for that one song, let alone all the, say, the 10 or 12 songs that we got to experience that night. And so that was just a few days ago. Yeah. Well, it was the start of our trip. Yeah. It was probably day two and mm-hmm. we had six or seven days. So yeah, we, we did some sightseeing down the, around the beautiful parts of Tasmania, you know, since and because Di wanted to go there, we sort of did a checklist of all the places she wanted to go to and um, we, we sort of fitted them all in in the time we had. So what a wonderful journey that the Lord has brought you on starting off with, well, your skill in writing poetry, and then it just kind of going into a song, and then your neighbor sings background vocals, and then next thing you know, you're singing in front of a live audience in uh, Tasmania. Yeah, yeah. What, what does your wife think about all this? Uh, <laughs> I guess she's, she's not surprised, but um, she just... Um, Why is that? Well, no, just if I'm out there, I'm doing something, I'm talking about Jesus, she she, she knows, and so I'll bring yeah. people home, she's like, oh, who's this, he's a stranger, I've invited him. There he goes home. again. You know, exactly. <laughs> um, but she is that support. Yeah, you know, that you yeah. so need. She's the rock. Yeah. Like both her and, and, and the girls at home, like when we have Daughters. a one-on-one Bible study, say with Warwick, you know, they, they quietly go into the rooms mm. and allow us to have, and it's amazing to have that, that yeah. sense of the family to know that it, it's time now, um, to just move and let dad have special time with this person. Well, lastly, what is in the future for Gary? You're going to keep on sharing your faith, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. As long as I'm living and breathing till I'm with the Lord. For sure. Um, as to what future, anything else. I'm working on a, let's say, a Southern Gospel version already. I've thought of a tune for this other oh, of the version of the same song. Yeah. Version, Something yeah. that we could sing as a congregation on Sunday. Well, that's a beautiful thing about creativity. You can do it in different ways and yeah. different tempos and all that, but it's all about using your gifts and talents 
for the Lord's glory. Amen. Well, thank you so much for doing that, using your skills and talents for the Lord's glory, and for coming right here after your trip to Tasmania and telling us all about it. Thanks so much. Well, thanks so much for having me, Eric. Thank you. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the beginning and the end. So give your heart to Him today. He wants to be your friend. Only you, Jesus. Well, that's His Love is Called Agape, the first song ever written by our guest today, Gippsland delivery man Gary Finney. And it's a perfect example of how any of us, no matter what we're doing in life, can follow the Lord's prompting to step out of our comfort zone and do something new and exciting to bring glory to the Lord. Who knows? You might even end up on the stage in Tasmania singing your own song in front of many people. Well, how about you? Has the Lord been prompting you to take a step of faith and try something new? Would you like someone to pray with you about this? Our prayer line is 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And we'd love to pray for you on that number, 1-800-772-936. Also, if you'd like a copy of Gary's song, just make contact with us via our website, vision.org.au, and we can send it to you attached to an email. Once again, our website is vision.org.au. Well, thanks for joining us for Gary's story and the story behind his song. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. It makes it pretty hard when they've got no one to talk to out there, you know. And if they're there and sitting in their cab or their truck on, on a long run or a long time, and if they've got God on their side, they've got someone that can talk to them and will talk back to them if they'll listen. So yeah, it's important that we reach out to these guys because they've got needs like anybody else. They, they've got emotions like everybody else. Theo, the trucky chaplain, has been on the road since 1967. He's now semi-retired but still has a heart for sharing the gospel with other truck drivers. We'll find out about some of the challenges they face and how Theo integrates his faith with his passion for driving trucks. It's all coming up next time. The Story. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.